1: Hello and welcome to the Wolves Fancast. Proud to be partnered with the 90 Minute Network. Um, It's me, Adam, in the driving seat tonight with Stu, Kim and Jordan as my passengers as we talk about the first league game of the season and a game with full stadium of fans, no less. So that's probably a good place for us to dive straight in. Um, 18 months it's been with a having a full set of fans in the stadium. So, first off, I just want to get your, your um, experiences and how, how was it for you? How was it with a full, full crowd of fans? And tell us what your away day was like. So, uh, Stu, I want to start off with you. Tell us what it was like to finally be back amongst a stadium full of fans.
2: It was great once we got in. <laughs> Taking 40 minutes to get, what, 200 yards? Through Turnstile because there were been vigorous searches. That's what the uh, steward described to me what the delay was. Which I've never seen anything so ridiculous in my life. And I, I thought at first that it was going to be an issue with the print at home tickets because why else would there be a problem? But when we finally got to the front of the steward who wasn't being screamed and shouted at, um, he just said that yeah, when they turn up in the morning, they would have said you need to be thorough, and it was they were being searched as if you were going into a prison. Like they were checking every every orifice for a nail file and every, everything like that. But <laughs> I think once we got once we got in there, though, we were four minutes into the game, and but you could hear it as soon as you walked through the turn. So it was incredible, just the, the wall of noise. That you after I mean, the now infamous song of eighteen months and you still don't sing was very appropriate for them lot. Because I mean, what, mm-hmm. I don't know what what they've been doing. If they won an FA Cup and a Community Shield and they turn up and sit in the library, it's ridiculous. But the atmosphere was up there with one of the best away days of the last five, six years. It was superb.
1: Yeah, I was uh I I myself I was I went to the pub near the ground beforehand. It was good just to be back and the pub full of football fans and I can agree I do agree with you with the um the searching. I did I was thoroughly cupped. My arse was thoroughly <laughs> cupped when I was searched. And uh am the sniffer dog as well. But we got we got in all right. But Kim, how was it for you? I know you've had a, a bit of a Exciting day on, on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> do you know you what? Do, do I you want to tell us I, about it?
0: <laughs> I think I've only just recovered. So I'm actually, I am actually going to reveal that I've literally just had to watch them, re-watch the match again, because I don't know how I would have spoke about anything. Cause yeah, it was one of those days and I think, yeah, I got a bit overexcited to say the least. Um, in terms of getting into the ground as well. I don't know. I I think there's it was I remember the huge queue, but in terms of getting searched heavily, I, maybe it's obviously because women don't tend to get searched as much. Maybe I don't know. That's my experience anyway. Um, but it just seemed really badly organised. Like everyone was just seemed to be just in, not even in a queue in the end. Um, so yeah, but to be fair. I was very on time, early, easily made kick off. So maybe Stu should have been a little bit more prepared oh, for this. I was there.
2: I was there at twenty five past two.
0: Mm. I what? was there about twenty past, and I made it.
2: I mean, t- to be fair, we we had we uh, we clocked in on the fir- in the Weatherspoons in Ashby de la Zeus at ten am. So we had a good three and a half hours um, lubrication time before we we got back on the coast to the ground. And any other time there. It, you get there 15 minutes before kickoff, no problem. But mm. the problem this time was that the hot because you got M1, M2, M3, normally you can just use any any of them, all just go in. It's the same concourse, no problem. This time, the vast majority were in M2 because that's the biggest block. So when the whereas you had two turnstile blocks on the other side of it, completely empty because the print at home tickets would, for some ridiculous reason, and you have to go through your designated area. And it just oh, caused chaos. To be
0: fair, I didn't know that, so it was just lucky that I must have been in the right queue. Because no, I didn't didn't know that at all. Um, but in terms of the atmosphere, it was it was absolutely brilliant. Um, considering, I was disappointed in Leicester because I don't feel like they're a fan base that you would say, oh, they're really really quiet. Like I've been to Leicester loads of times, and they, I'm sure they used to be like a really Quite a loud family, despite the clappers. Didn't they ha- used to have like a massive like drummer? And, like, was proper like, you know, it's been all right, I'm sure. When yeah, they, were- the rather,
1: the rather portly fellow with the big the drum, wasn't it? Yeah, but back. you,
2: you, have, you have got to worry if he's dead. You know, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I did think, where's the fat go with the drum? Because he, he's there, and his belly was on his belly was touching skin on the on the drum, <laughs> as well as everywhere else around him. Um, and I you so not imagine w- it then.
0: No, no, yeah, he's, he's, he he's always be been that.
2: there. He's always yeah. been there. So he's either dead or they're not loading, loading instruments in. But he, yeah. when, you, when you need a drummer at a football game to generate atmosphere, yeah. that kind of says everything to it, really.
1: Yeah. George, you must have, uh, not the most of us, you must have saw everyone online on Twitter starting out at seven o'clock in the morning for a game that's an hour away. If, but, but then you think we've, we've finally been let out that people have
3: been finally let out we've been unshackled go and enjoy yourself no i was envious i was envious i won't lie um like i've said i uh had, had the COVID jab the the night before well half five the day before and watched the watched the game on iptv via malaysia with a vpn uh <laughs> under a duvet sweating my ass off but you know it did sound good and I did actually enjoy the game, but it's what it's all about, it, isn't it? Sort of, you know, like last season, whatever you want to say about it, you know. I know there's uh, members of the fan cast that say fans made a massive difference towards last season. <laughs> I think it's level playing field, but you know what? Like, you know, seeing it and hearing it, um, fantastic. And I know a lot of friends who went there and had a great time. Obviously, a lot of people in the fan cast as well. So, I was envious, but, you know, my time will come, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I'd like say it looked a good day and uh, an even better evening for some. <laughs> it was good to see some like, familiar faces. I think when I was out, it was good to
1: see some, the old, some of the old familiar faces you see on the way days. and uh, you, uh, you got to see all the old sights and smells. So at half time, going into a smoke filled swamp. That with it, yeah, it literally was. I think it was like an inch deep of piss water on the floor. Well, you, did you, thinking, um... We're back, we're back, football's back.
2: It was that bad. I mean, I, I know some people will be listening to this while you're eating or having your breakfast, so kind of skip forward thirty seconds. But the middle cubicle was that bad. There was a floater in there, and people were deliberately pushing it, flushing it, to try and get the floater to come over the top and <laughs> inhabit the floor area. I mean, I had brand new, brand new, quite nice vans on as well, and I've had to scrub them clean because all that swamp water just destroyed They were green this morning, the, the, the day after. And I thought, oh, you've had eighteen well, months to get. A- Oh boy, who
0: wears a pair was... of trainers, new trainers to an away game? I mean, come on. I thought it was, was, was,
1: was this from the gents still, the ladies? Yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> they were. You
2: you saw them. You, you can attest to how luxurious they were. Silky. Yeah.
1: At, at that time, they were anyway, but it could have been the gloss off or the piss water. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I never
3: know. Can I ask a quick question? With, with with football being back, and something that's only just come to me talk about, toilets was there anyone pissing in the sink because that's always a valid question Usually well yeah because someone, someone's got the leg up like a dog pissing in the sink
2: well there were when there, there were two two out of three cubicles were broken um at half time and then obviously half of the half the toilets block was filled with smoke so the half that wasn't smoky, you had you could probably get six blokes around and one in the corner if you're locked down and so there were two sinks so what's going to happen inevitable Darryl. Football's yeah, back.
1: I, I had to really like squeeze into the corner of your and then when I come out, it was like stars in your eyes, all the smoke just coming out of the <laughs> toilets so was coming out. But
0: wow, I've never experienced experience
2: experience. this. Is, there, is it like rose petals in the uh, in the women's and stuff?
0: No, well, I actually lied. Actually, um, well, from what I remember, Leicester was fine, but I know in re- years. Back when we were in the championship, I'm sure I did experience men pissing the women's toilet
1: sinks quite a few <laughs> times. So I think on on this slight tangent subject, we'll get off in a minute. But I mean, the worst one for that sort of thing was uh, Bradford away in League yeah. One, where it was just open season. If there was a, if there was a space anywhere, you just piss pissing it, just pissing. It. It, it. was just just it was just sprays everywhere in, in the Bradford toilets. That was
2: like the, um, the Vetch, the Vetch field when we played there once in 99. And you, <laughs> the walking, this one, there was one side, the, the ceiling must have only been about five foot 11. So any, any normal sized person would be like bending down, crooking your neck and standing there. But there was either that or the other side, which was you walked in and it was like a, like an old coal shed made of brick. And it was had a domed floor, so everyone kind of stood back to back and pissed outwards <laughs> onto the walls of this this brick shed. <laughs> it's the
1: most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. But yeah, we've we've moved on. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Right. Well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll s- slowly wrestle it back onto the uh, onto the game itself. So uh, three o'clock came, kickoff commenced. Um, but before that, let's just look at the uh, the, the team lineups. Um, was there any surprises or was there any lack of surprises on, on the team sheet? George, what did, what did you think when you saw the team, as you expected?
3: Yeah, with the news of tomato isolating still. It was the 11 I thought we'd be playing. It was the 11 from the Celtic Ego Friendly. And um, like I said, on the on the show Thursday, I didn't actually watch that game. So I was relatively excited to see how it went, to be honest with you. Um Looking at our bench, it screams the obvious that we obviously need recruitment, and I know we'll probably touch on that in a bit later on as well. Um, But it's pretty much, probably our say strongest eleven, maybe not. But in terms of the cards that Bruno's got to play with in that system, it was probably the safest eleven, you know, and most secure eleven. I've always think if you're playing a back five. I'd much prefer to have um, Aitnery out left wing back rather than Marcel, but at the end of the day, he's gone for safety first for me out there.
1: What sort of um, formation do you think it was, Kim? Was it was it a five-two-three or three-four? I could quite make. Sometimes just came to flick between the two. I think as the game started, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. I, how you, how I think, you think it said. was
0: in. It was intending to be to me. It was a you know five at the back. I think. Um Traore did seem to be playing sort of fairly close to Jimenez at times, I think. Um but as Jordan said, I was a bit I was a bit disappointed when I saw the lineup in a set but not shocked in the sense that it you know it's quite cautious in terms of full backs. And from what I'd heard, um Laga likes to sort of play with higher full backs. Um so yeah. I know we'll get onto the game in a bit but I was just disappointed that we were we were played it quite safe and fair enough you know Leicester are a good team so maybe if we would have played he'd either got caught out a number of times I'm sure um with with their wing playing their full backs but um yeah I was well I mean at that time I was I don't know what what I was doing
1: you <laughs> know his playing
0: um, <laughs> yeah didn't know I was on the pitch so.
1: Uh, Stu, what did you, did you, were, were you expecting something different than the old uh, Neves-Martinho partnership in the middle that, for, for, for the first game? That was the only thing that
2: I was a bit surprised about because I read read Timothy's article on the way up there. And he was talk- in that one and it talks about how Neves-Martinho are too similar and Dendonca as well. And I thought, well, it clearly worked better when Dendonca was with Neves in the second half against uh, Salveiga on Saturday last week. But I thought, well... If he's come out and said this to uh, to the Athletic of all things, which is going to get picked up everywhere, then surely he's not going to start Neves and Moutinho together.
1: <laughs>
2: and then it, it happened. I thought, oh, OK, but actually, fair play. They actually played different roles for a change rather than just be on top of each other as we're getting to.
1: Yeah, so i mean onto the game itself. I don't necessarily want to go through like as a, as a timeline, more picking out just like individual players and their effects on the game and the, and the chances they had. And I think the best place to start is with Traore, who was quite focal to Wolves in many ways, really, both as a, in a positive sense and a negative sense. Um, George, the, the the old quote, a little cliche that gets trotted out a lot about Traore, you know, sometimes it can be frustrating. As the old "That's why he's at Wolves" quote, because obviously he's got the individual attributes, but there's six to, to be a world beater, but you know he's obviously full short in certain areas. And he's keen to get your your view on Traore's performance, and, and does that cliche really fit his performance on Saturday?
3: Um In a nutshell, I thought he was good. Um, I know again, seen some absolute shocking takes on social media, but like you do anyway. About oh, he's he's shit. I'd sell him. He's this. He's that. Ultimately, look at the stats. He was the highest rated for XG on the whole pitch. He was the highest rated for XA, which is expected assists for all the non-XG nerds. Um, he <laughs> was obviously. And you know, completed the highest amount of dribbles. I think, took, I think it was twenty dribbles, twenty completed dribbles. Like he, like I say, there's no reason. You know, we all know he's at Wolves because of of his quirks and his. That and that's the truth of it. If you if he was, if he was more clinical, he'd be playing for Barcelona. So Barcelona never got rid of him because he'd been like messy on that like bloody juice, basically. Um, yeah, he's a poor miss in the first half. Second half, when he could have laid it across to Jimenez again, yeah, he should be doing better. But, you know, if you look at it in isolation, he was, our, once again, our, our biggest threat on the pitch. Once again, the only player really driving the Leicester back line backwards. And um, to me, I just think there's some shocking takes online. <laughs> it's like, I'd sell him, I will not play him. Right, if you take him out of the team and out of the squad, who else is going to do that? Because Neto's knocked me around for a couple more months so who who got to do that sort of role you know yeah it was a big miss but if you can start working on that and start taking these chances he could have a massive season for us i'd really believe that
2: right um there's a reason he's still here and that was it that game is exactly the reason he's still here and no one no one's coming to buy him because I haven't been that frustrated since Bright's magnificent patheticness at Man City away. <laughs> and other, what he's since them two goals against Man City as well, Traoré's finishing has been awful, absolutely shocking. And you think, how, how have you got worse in, in that game? He was, he was great, he was superb, and there were probably harder chances than he had, but it's still the same, same old problems over and over again. His final decision making is poor. And he, he hasn't improved. And I think the, uh, the frustration is more than warranted now. that he, He's been here for what, three years. And for Lars to come out after the game and say, yeah, we need to work with him, when it's blatantly obvious that what his issues are and what what's the, the bad parts about his game, fair play, he's calling him out after the first game. And you think, well, he surely knows that. And the look on his face when he missed the sitter, he knows it himself. But... And I fully get where you're coming from when you say, if he's not there, then what do we do? But we might actually play a different way rather than just rely on him and his pace to get us out of trouble all the time. And we, there was more than enough times in that game where we didn't rely on him and we played some nice stuff. It's just so annoying <laughs> but, I mean, that all anyone was, could talk about when we were walking out the, out the ground after was how he had a good game, but he also lost us the game at the same time. And do we want to be doing this every week? If we if we're creating so many chances and we're fluffing them all the time, and he's going to be the main one at fault for it all because and I will come on to Trincao as well. And but for someone who's hasn't really well hasn't played English football before, he, he had the, the usual things of trying a, a few tricks too many. But he looked a lot more likely to score than Traoré, even with all the nonsense for me. And it, it's just it's just so annoying because he's clearly got talent, but. Where does he fit now?
1: If he's going to be missing chances all the time, it's, it seems as though it's almost like his role has changed a little bit in his first game. He's, he's very much more going to be getting chances his way. But Kim, what do you reckon? What did you come away thinking of about HRA? And what did you think of? Was he did he frustrate you? Was half as much as he did, Stu? Do
0: you know what? I actually <laughs> think it depends if you're sort of a half glass for or empty kind of person on this. Mm. So I'm almost not sitting on the fence but I get both sides of it and it's like he obviously is a great player and he's he single-handedly I think created a lot of our chances there's no there's no doubt about it. So if you didn't if he, he was say he didn't start would half of those chances have even happened, potentially not because half the time he was getting through by his pace, you know. But at the same time, like, like he just typified it at the end of the game. All he needed to do was at like the 89th minute, roll that ball to Jimenez first time. I, I genuinely feel like I would have made that pass. <laughs> maybe, I'm being a bit, maybe I'm being a bit too, you know, overdramatic. But I genuinely think that if he just sometimes had his ink like just just play the ball, don't overthink it, and he just or he waits too like one second too long before losing it or, you know, he tries to side foot it, the one where he side footed it right into Schmeichel's arm. It's like you needed to put your foot through it then. So he never it's this decision making, which is the key thing. Things that he has to do instinctively, not so bad, but decision making for me. Yeah, he needs to improve it. But again, actually, he was more man of the match. So I'm I'm saying he was no no good. Saying his decision making needs to get better. But then, who else was? Who else really stood out? You know, like Trincao, Yeah, had a few decent little runs and stuff. But I didn't feel like he was ever going to score either. Um. So.
1: Well, how hey, are we being too harsh on him if we also say that Traore potentially? on your point, Kim, about him overplaying and making wrong decisions. I mean, Leicester got the throw that they scored from because Truro was overplaying. There's a simple pass on and he's tried to dribble it past two players, he's lost the ball, they've got the throw and then they've gone on to score. I don't know if I'm being too harsh on him there, but that's another example of of, of him where he's, he's making wrong decisions re- regularly. And, um, but, you know, as as, as Bruno said, if, if he, he seems as though he's going to be the focal point of the team, he's, he's going to be one of our more advanced players. He's going to have to get some some shooting practice in. But based upon that game, Jord, where what, what do you reckon, what sort of season are we going to expect from Traore going forward? You, have you got a positive outlook for him? Is he, is he going to have his best season yet for us if he's going to be, play this kind of new-ish role?
3: I hope so, yeah. I think that, you know I- People will probably listen back to podcasts where I've slagged him off and and call me a hypocrite. That's fair enough. But I feel like I've come out of the other side of it. I feel like uh, like someone who's in a relationship who, you know, maybe I've just accepted the quirks now and this is it, but I'm quite happy. The good outweighs <laughs> the that. bad. You know, that, that's where I feel like I'm with him now. He's, um, I think, you know, having him and his back up there, his best season for Wolves was, you know, that season, well two seasons ago when we got to the Europa League quarterfinals, where where was linked up with Jimenez. So, he's got someone to play off. Yeah, I do think, you know, yes, he could be more clinical. Yes, I wish he would just put his head down and just run, in, run into a space and, but he just, you just know you're not getting that with him now. So, I'm just accepting his flaws. Um, I do think we will have a big season. Like, I was really happy. It sounds daft. We lost 1-0. I was really happy with the 90 minutes and I was really happy with what I saw. So, I've got every faith that, I generally think we're probably two, three signings away from having like a really good season again. I don't really think there's any reason why we can't be challenging for seventh again on the basis of what I saw in that ninety minutes. Um, or maybe I'm a bit more positive than other Wolves fans out there, which is strange again because I'm usually slagging everyone off. But I do—I've seen enough. I, I feel—I feel quite positive, and I think Troy is going to have a a big season.
1: Are you right in what in what's been said in that? Those, those the chances that he's had that he's either created himself or gone on the end of. Only he will be able to do it. Like I think that that shot that Kim mentioned, where he side for it to Schmeichel, he he's essentially he's made that himself by being stronger than Vestergaard. He's basically but but um, gone shoulder to shoulder and barged Vestergaard to the ground, and he's, he's, he's had the chance. And no one else in on our team, you say, will be able to to do that. Um, but uh, Stu, Kim, what you reckon to to what you'd see Troy A season be like: Is he going to be? Is he going to end up being a star man at the end of the season, or is he going to break that the ten goal barrier that we talked about?
2: I, I said I said earlier that I don't think he'll get ten goals just because he's given me no reason to believe that he will get better because he hasn't for three years. He's just the same, and I don't think for him it it worked in a couple of games playing on the left. Uh, it just seems unnatural to him. And I think that when when Raul was free and if that had been the other side, he would have slid him in, no question about it. But when it's on the left-hand side and he's going to use his left, which he probably can't do that well, or the outside of his right, it's easier for him to just take it all on himself. And I don't think he, as one player, works best inverted. It it might work for others like Trincao and Neto when he comes back and Pedence, well, Pedence is Pedence, but... I think if he's going to be playing there and he's going to be playing inverted again, I can't see him getting more than ten goals because he's just not. He just hasn't given me anything to believe that he can. I know it sends me being harsh again, but it's just so it's just so frustrating. When we here we are, like two days later, three days later, it's still it's still wearing me up so much. Still but right like, now. but like Kim said though. He created the chances himself. So we are gonna we are gonna be in the situation again like we were with Jotter in the last six months where every time he got through, you knew that you most of the time he'd fuck it up. And you just you just accepted it because that's that was the going rate. Right. So maybe we do have to be more like Jordan and just accept what he is and if he does score, then it's a miracle. And if he does if the mean is that he's not gonna mess it up, then if we get into that mindset, then fine. But for me, I just can't see. Him. Great great as he is of what he does, I just can't see him changing,
1: unfortunately. I'm just gonna flash my mocker and be a math for any uh, YouTube. I'm using my true array, be a mat at the moment. Um, if
0: you look at the if you look at I'm just had a quick Google on on his stats. 141 Premier League appearances, only seven goals and fourteen assists. And for it's someone that's way. so influential in a game and how many chances he actually creates half time for himself, that's, yeah, it's quite astonishing. And even in the season that we're talking about where we said for us he was probably at his best season, 2000, no, 2020, 20, no, 2019, 20, was it, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 37 appearances and still only four goals. So to think he's going to get 10 goals... This season, he's going to have to, you know, double his sort of his quality from that season and more. So I can't, I can't see it personally.
3: To use the Love Island, quite like you know, a comparison, if, uh, for me this is his this is his this season's like his Toby moment. He's just going <laughs> to, you know, he's going to settle down and he's going to start banging them in. I don't think you'll get ten goals personally again. However, I do think his output's going to be better, both goals and assists than what it has been for us. I think he's going to mature.
1: The only, but, Love, Island reference, the only Love, Love Island reference I know is when someone says, can we have a chat? So maybe Bruno Bruno, will just pull him in for a chat. A hot, chat. Okay.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, to, talking about um, players then who, who get double figures, uh, we'll move on to the goal itself. Jamie Vardy is someone who obviously regularly gets double figures. Um I think we're probably going to be in agreement here that this this goal should have been easily prevented. Um, Kim, how, how how did Pereira get past both Marcel and Moutinho after the throw-in? Because I, I I can't believe he managed to get past it to get the crossing. To I'm Vardy. not
0: sure if you're joking when you said it can easily be prevented. I'm hoping you're joking because I'm genuinely not sure. Let's look if you look, if you watch that game. And were, it wasn't balls. There's no way that you'd be blaming the defence for that. Honestly, I think that was genuinely really good play from Pereira. And then an unreal finish from Vardy. Like, seriously. The,
1: the Vardy one was fine. I just I think, think the, the should never have got in for, for my money.
2: I think we've seen Martinho get done. Well, he was the most dribbled past player in the league well, last year and the year before. So him being beaten is no surprise. But Marcel, but it was poor footing from him. But yeah, again, I agree with that. It's took a bit of skill to get past two of them. It's no surprise that he's got past them two in particular. But the finish was world class. Nothing you do, and the, the the celebration was superb as well.
1: But I think I thought that I think that I'm not as as Steve said. I'm not surprised getting past Martinho. But Marcel's the. He's got like a banker for a yellow card half the time. He's not going to just put his hands up and let someone just go past him he, as easy as he did. I, that that was my thoughts anyway. I just thought you know that, that there's no way that he should be getting past two players there. But that was that was my view of it. And then um, the goal itself. George what did, you, what did you reckon to the the finish? Well, the whole the whole
3: move itself. What was your take on it? Um, one of them should have. Tripped, pulled Ricardo back, whatever. Take a yellow card. Um, the goal is just class. It's just good movement. And I know we're going to get onto Connor Conor Cody because it's quite topical. And I've got my views on it um, and probably share very similar views. But what I can't get beyond is people trying to fit the Cody out agenda on this goal. Like, oh, well, Cody should have cleared it because it's the near post. Oh, look how he's gone to clear the ball. It's all happened within a split second and Vardy's got the run on him. It doesn't matter if it's Cody or bloody Mosquera or Bolly, you know, someone with a bit more athletic, you'd say. It's just good movement and it's just a very good finish. Like, I don't really think Cody could have done a lot more, if I'm honest with you, with that goal. Um, We'll come on to his all-round play for the other 90 minutes because I know that's going to be quite um, a talking point, but I just, don't, I just don't like people's agendas at times on, on Twitter. It's like, it's just For me, it's just lazy. Yeah, you, you don't have to rate a player, but you can't blame every single second or every single downfall. Oh, he oh, should have be better. Like, no, for me, no, I don't think he could have done any more. It's just a very good finish. And the problem is, the ball should never have come in from the right wing. Pereira should never have been able to get past Martino and Marcel. I don't know what anyone else thinks, but that's just how I viewed that goal to be honest.
0: I think the issue is that Wolves fans, genericizing here, tend to have an agenda with the players that they don't like. So any little sort of wrong thing that Cody does, it's like, oh, my God, we need to replace him ASAP. But if, and I can't even think of a player that's rated at the moment, but whoever, a player that they particularly rate, if they did exactly the same thing, it'd be like, oh, no, it's all right. It's so-and-so.
3: If it, had been Bolly, no, it really if it's Bolly, it doesn't get mentioned.
0: Yeah, Bolly, there you go. Exactly. If it was Bolly, no, he's all, it's we still keep him in the team. But if it's Cody, no, he's got to go. So I think I agree, actually. I think people don't give a sort of unbiased view. They give their view based on what their opinion of the player is.
1: So before we have a little discussion on... Um, Cody and the online opinion of them. there was a lot of online opinion as well about Vardy's celebration which I thought was I don't know people are what's the what's the word triggered people are easily triggered aren't they you know, on on social media I even remember on the Saturday night I think even Sky Sports Twitter account tweeted it saying like how about that wolf celebration how about the hell celebration obviously trying to like stoke up the, the flames but what I didn't see anything wrong with the celebration. I'd, I'd throw it open to the, the floor. I thought that's, that's exactly... In fact, I'd have been disappointed if Vardy didn't do anything like that because that's just exactly his character, isn't it? He does it every time. He does it to everyone. It's just us. Just,
2: there was no one there. Not one person was, oh, offended. No one cared. <laughs> everyone was pissed off because it was him again. And he, he was, well, what can you do? And he, he always kind of... When they mentioned it on the Bramble today, about how how Vardy probably suffered more than anyone because he feeds off away fans. And pissing everyone off, and that's where he loves. He loves it, do he? So he's the seller. I mean, he did it, and uh, as soon as he, he cupped his hands, I, I did giggle to myself. I thought, he oh, little twat," <laughs> but that's what he is. I mean, you, we, you don't want everyone looking like Harry Kane and being all all sweetness and light when he when he wants to be in the media's eyes. You want characters, and he's a character. He's probably got two years left. Just enjoy him while he's here. Everyone moans all the time about it all being sterile on a football's very in the past. Yet when someone does something like that, oh, they offended the Wolves fans. No, he did.
3: No one cared. No, nah, i it, it, You know what? I'd, you know what? People are just, you do the same, wouldn't you? If I <laughs> scored, I'd do exactly the same. I'd try and roll up.
0: Would you the, do the, the howl that Jack McVardi did? I, I don't know what... Do. It's
3: very hypothetical now that I'll be playing I know, I know, and... you, I
1: know you do, George. You attempt another cartwheel. Uh, <laughs>
3: the yeah. I game, yeah. I saw the charity game was like, put my back out. <laughs> no, but, you would know, rather be like a shit bag, like 100%. Like, you know, you just... It is what it is, isn't it? You try and wind up the away fans. At the end of the day, for me, you get, you know, they're the getting pelters. You give it back. It's all part of it. It's like... There's nothing like sinister in it or, you know... I don't, well, for me, there's nothing sinister in it. Look, it. Yeah, how? But he used to do it to the Albion, Sheffield United, like all these. You know, he used to always score against the Albion and give him shit that was quite funny.
0: And he did it against Palace, didn't he? And he did it like the Eagle, yeah. like the bird. Yeah. Exactly. What, what's the
3: problem? Like it's just you know what? It's just it's just 2021 in a nutshell. That is. <laughs> it's it's just like oh, why would be offended? Like just couldn't give a shit.
1: Is horrible, but it's great. And he no day definitely had a Skittle Bomb afterwards to celebrate. Well probably had <laughs> probably had one before, actually, before the game. But um something else obviously that's been grabbing people's goat online. And one of one of the one of the few players the other players I want to talk about is um our Captain Connor Cody. Now there's probably you get most people agree that he didn't have his best game on Saturday. It wasn't one that he'll look back on fondly, but it's, obviously, that's amplified online, isn't it? So I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on again the the Twitterati going after Cody, saying that he's he's got to go. And, and I've saw some tweets, you know, that have been quite explicit in saying that you know, their, their opinions of him. But I want to know where where you guys stand. So, Stu, do you want to kick us off by? Are people being... Is is Twitter doing what Twitter does and just being dickheads? I'm kind of in two minds because up
2: until Saturday, I hadn't seen anyone really moan that much about Cody. And it's almost like when I mentioned it on the preview show last week that he could be the biggest disappointment of the season for this reason. That our our influence and our reach has spread (laughs) far and wide. The people have started taking me seriously. And... (laughs) I th- from what my thinking was last week, he has got flaws in his game that we all know about. He was playing a sweeper role in a defensive side, which kind of covered for a lot of his problems. So when you move system to be an attacking side and he's going to be exposed more, can he deal with it? And when we, went, when we played in, in back fours, yeah, he's played for England. But again, like I said last week, he's played for England against relatively poor teams and that was okay but coming up against a team like that he was exposed massively and it's exactly what I was worried about last week and it doesn't surprise me it's more of a surprise that it took this long for people to think that he might not be that good when we change system (laughs) that's what's shocked me more than anything else but I think just general the general pile on has been massively over the top yeah he had a poor game and you could see this coming a mile off but it's almost like yeah Cody's a scapegoat now let's lean nail him
0: I think what people forget though is that like Vard you're playing against Vardy like a lot of defenders struggle against Vardy even like the top defenders you know with his pacing behind it's to be expected and obviously this is quite fresh in my mind because I have just watched the highlights and he does obviously get caught out, as we know, a fair amount of times, but he does actually recover a yeah. fair amount of times. So, probably there is probably like four or five times where he either gets caught out or you know, Vardy sort of passed him. But there's around say, I'll say three or four times where he sort of saves himself. And he, you know what, it almost reminds me of when Richard Stearman used to be sort of this amazing defender. In the eyes of Wolves fans, because he'd make these like last ditch tackles. But that was only because he was either out of position in the first place or just, yeah, just not a great defender all round. And I'm not saying, obviously, Cody's a better, better class defender than Stearman, but I don't think you can take him out of the team unless, unless we find a, a leader. Because if you take him out of the team, we haven't got many leaders on that pitch.
2: I think we've got a ready made leader. Uh, the king has just not been crowned yet.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I um, and I, I stuck up for him for the goal, but I think that's. And I, I've I've said you know I've quite openly spoke about his limitations against a big guy. Mitrovic always gives him nightmares historically. Abraham tore him a new one. That for me, I generally think that was his worst performance in a Wolves shirt Saturday.
2: Yeah, easily.
3: And like I thought he was all over the shop. Honest to God, and no, I don't think he could do anything else with the ball. But there was a, a time in the second half where he sort of just like miscontrolled the ball a little bit, and then all of a sudden they're on the break on us. And again, like I completely get why people are saying we need to drop him to improve. I, I believe we've had I believe that players have reached the ceiling with the old Nuno regime, and Connor Cody's probably hit his ceiling. He probably is not going to get any better. Yeah. Do I want him to be sold? No, like I generally think he's got a place in the squad, but if we're aiming for this, you know, European spots again, should he be a guaranteed starter for Wolves? No, if in the tr- that's honest truth. And he had a shocker, an absolute shocker. And I think that a lot of the stuff on Twitter is fine. A lot of it's very sensationalised and over the top for likes and retweets and bang out of order. To be honest with you, for a player that's you know been with us for so many years and. You know, he, he does. He doesn't deserve that. He doesn't deserve to be lynched online. I think he'll know and address it himself that he's had a bad game. But the barometer for me on Wolf's Twitter is always King Kev, Kev G Wolf. And if Kev, Kev Wolf saying Cody's got to come out in the squad, well at the start of eleven, then Cody's got to come out of the start of eleven. Is um, he? N- is, like,
1: he n- is he? N- like, is he nailed his n- like, callous on that one then?
3: Yeah, Kev's tweet saying yeah, Kev tweeted, and that mm. that for me is enough to say you know what. The the King had, had spoken. It. Yeah. The King had
0: spoken. <laughs> he <laughs> so, had a bad game. Hang on a minute. He had a bad game, but it wasn't as bad as you're making out. No, it was, like, it was. He was out of position, but he recovered himself. Like no. three out three out of the six times he had to like, make last ditch tackle. That doesn't make it okay. I'm not saying but,
3: he did. can I just say this then? I can't believe I'm even saying this. How many times was King Kilman out of position? I'm like converted now. He was <laughs> he was Aldini.
2: How many um, times has he ever been out of position? None? So you lo-
3: I agree that. Lo- that, but I can on Saturday. Um I definitely can on Saturday. But that um, goes
0: without saying, doesn't it? We all know he's a great defender.
3: I know I know I'm, this is like I'm now part this is like the King Kilman original trio, King- and like I've been like converted. I feel like I'm part of the team now.
1: Welcome um, to the club. Welcome, welcome
0: to, the to the club, George.
3: The club. It's uh, King Kilman <laughs> Club with a K. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, in <laughs> Cody was I can't defend him. I thought it was, generally was, I think his worst game in a wolf shirt. And if, okay, if Moscava and Bolly are fit, he's not playing Saturday, Sunday. If, if, but I know they're not going to be, it's just me hypothetically talking. Like, he would not be starting that game on Sunday if they were fit. Uh, my... Just
2: Before people pull us up on this, we can't have King Kilman Club with a K because we can't have KKK branding on ourselves. Let's just put that out there right now. But, um, yeah it wouldn't be it wouldn't be started for me either if and especially in a back four I'll put it on someone mentioned it the other, earlier on I can't remember who on twitter saying if we're playing a back four we've never had a back four with Kilman and Bolly together it's never been tried but why why well, is it not been tried because Cody has to play all the time now it's not so much now it's a clean slate and when he's fit why not try
3: yeah and to add to that as well some of these people who are like are playing in defense and midfield I'm not being funny <laughs> He couldn't play in defensive midfield in the championship team. Like, there's a reason why he's playing right back because he wasn't good enough to play there in that squad originally. So if he's not as playing centre half, he can't be starting. I'd, and again, I'm not selling him or lynching him out. Great bloke. Can't really say a bad word about him. But do I think he should be a, gen, uh, a regular start in his Wolves team moving forward? No.
0: If we play a back five, he still starts. If we play a back four, he could be out of the team. See. But
3: then, like, okay, so if Bolly and Moscare are a fifth, who's your back three? Bolly, Moscare, and Kode? Not
0: so King Kilman. Oh no, no. At the can't, moment, you can what, what, You're asking me what, like, what would if actually
3: happen? For in the back three, he's got to play in a five. Like. Sure, well, again, Moscow, we've only seen a little bit about, but this is what I mean like, you, you your best three center halves at the minute are Molly, you'd say, um, Bolly, and Kilman, for me. And like I say, I'm not, I'm nowhere near King Kilman club with the C, yeah, but who takes well, that, that sort
0: of middle sweeper <laughs> role
3: out of those three? We don't
1: really know because we've never seen any of them do Killman, the foot Well, let's, um, let's open adjourn the first season's meeting of the King-Kilman club and let's let's talk about the King because I think obviously three, three out of the four of us on this pod it w- it would naturally have been biased anyway towards the King, but uh, the stats and everyone else show that the King had a very regal game on Saturday and he <laughs> was one of the best players on, if not, if not our best player, you know, and I want to get everyone's thoughts on are people slowly coming around to our way of thinking that the king is one of, is, is indeed one of the best defenders that we've got? Is,
2: I don't know why it's taken this long. Maybe because now he's got license to actually show what he can do with the ball at his feet. Ridiculously enough, because obviously he played futsal, like everyone else. Um, and I, I do think if he uh, if he was foreign, that it would be different. I think it is just a, a kind of. Because he came from where he came from, everyone thinks oh, it's cheap and he can't possibly be any good then. Yeah, it's unconventional, but you can't, you know, he's never let us down Mm. ever. Every time he he, he turns up, he's always at least a seven out of 10, just solid. He just turns up, does his job, and then he's at the team again for a month for for whatever ridiculous reason. But you put him in there, first game of the season, and he's manned the match against Leicester, who finished wherever they finished, who should have been in the Champions League. If then if they haven't fucked it up again, and it's they've just they've just won the community shield the, the week before, and he's gone there and he's taking the piss and he's, he's driving runs into the penalty area at the end of the game. Yeah. It's just incredible. And, I don't and know, he
0: was playing right centre back.
2: Yeah, and he's left-footed, yeah. and I just don't. It's always always baffled me. I, we, it kind of started as a joke to start with, but within what well, a few games. Well, there was talk about an England call-up when we got to the Leeds game last season, how uh, well he was playing, and then he was dropped. We didn't see him again for a month, for no reason at all. So, for me, it's just been, it's been a long time coming that he's, he's getting the appreciation that he deserves.
3: Yeah.
1: Absol- Ab- absolutely. I mean, and, Jordan, I'm interested in your views as well, because, obviously, uh, we'd, 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 we're slowly getting around into the, into the KKK so, what? Uh, <laughs> what? You, you, tell me your thoughts then on what on what you thought about
3: Kilman. Very good. Just very. I don't know what to say. Just very good. <laughs> he was um, yeah. Just I was really impressed. Um, he had not won me over ever. And like you know, to be honest with you, I thought he played well at Leeds away last year. But I still thought top end championship player. But if you can do that consistently. Then we've got the Ukrainian Maldini, like I've already said. So, um, and I'm going to say Ukrainian because it'd be very uncool to say he's English. Because let's go with the Ukrainian, yeah. international. Um, he was really good and didn't put a foot wrong. Um, his dribble at the end of the game was good as well, <laughs> possibly could have scored. Um, and yeah, like for me at the moment, well, you're asking me now to pick a team on, on Sunday, he's, he's my first name at the back which is I can't believe the words coming out of my mouth but he, <laughs> Kilman would be the first name on the team for me at the back
1: and just to finish off, well, to finish off on this part on this section then uh, Kim any other standout players for you uh, apart from Kilman obviously any other standout players from Wolves that you saw on Saturday
0: I don't genuinely think that anyone was outstanding apart from Kilman and Troy all right to a point but one point I do want to make is I think that it showed that, in, for me, in terms of full-backs, there was a lack of quality. And I think that the game may have been different if we actually had Nuri and Samedo getting forward. Because when I've just watched those highlights, the amount of time that the fullbacks actually got into positions that were a lot further forward than what we've been used to, um, I think, generally... And I think that if we'd have potentially even just started out in Newry, I think you might have seen a bit better output because the amount of times that they were literally on the byline and just, especially Hoover, I reckon it was about six, seven times. He just put an awful ball into the box. He put one good ball in the box where Jimenez probably should have done a little bit better. Um, so for me, I just hope that Samado's back um, right back and, and hopefully we go 8-0, left back for Tottenham but I can't see it, I still think Marcel will probably start and then maybe Semedo will hopefully come in if he's fit I
2: think with uh, with Marcel, I think Marcel is kind of it, almost like he's covering left side of central defence as well mm-hmm. more than that because of the weakness there I think that's that's that has to really be the only reason why he's here because Lars signed off on signing 8-0 anyway so he obviously rates him as well. He wouldn't yeah. he wouldn't agree to it if not. So that's the only thing that makes any any kind of sense. And against a team that's going to attack you like Spurs, you well, you don't know him now, but um yeah, I I agree with you because it very much looked like you got two defenders playing wing backs when Yeah. They almost look have.
0: like centre backs to me. They don't look
3: yeah. from- they are though, aren't I, I? I generally think Hove I said it on the preview show, I think Hover is a right right of the back three in mm. my opinion. And I think Marcel was well, playing for Leon in the Champions League, left centre-half, out of the three. So, it's like, for me, having those two as wing-backs is like having Ella Kobe and Ryan Bennett. Because the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the end ball, you just know, like, the quality going into the box isn't going to be good enough. And don't get me wrong, we all loved a bit of Ella Kobe and Bennett. Lord Bennett, as you should be called. But um, as wing-backs, for me, it just doesn't work. And it does sort of nullify you. And... Yeah, let's not dwell on it. I still think there was enough positives in that game to feel positive, but just a few minor tweaks and we'll be fine. I'm
1: just, um, just uh, on the individual players' front. What did we think of the debutants, Sa and Trincao, and also a little word on, on Jimenez on his first official game back? How well do we think those three players did?
3: Um, I thought Trincao looked as good as I've seen him so far. I did not think he did a lot in the pre-season games, but, you, you know, you can't take anything out of that. He could have maybe scored as well. I think Trinco playing off that right will look a lot better with a, a wing-back bombing on. I think him and Tomado will probably link up a lot better than him and over because Tomado's natural runs will take take a runner with him, give him a bit more space to cut inside. Um, Jimenez, a good seeing back. Still going to take him a bit of time, I think, to get up to full speed. I still think there's a. I do still think there's a opportunity or a big question mark as to whether if Harry Kane gets sold to Man City, whether Nuno comes knocking, and Saar, other than pick the ball out of the back, isn't it? I don't really remember him or recall him having to be to do that much in the game. So yeah, for you know, all all three were solid, probably six and a half, seven out of ten performances. I'd say. Yeah, I think so. <laughs>
2: oh, go on, go on. I was, I was gonna say, so I had that one save from distance that he pushed around the post, yeah, that was but like, he didn't look scared of coming off his line, which is what we, we knew. That's exactly
0: anyway. what I was about to say. It's, it's, I'm not, I think it was encouraging, but he was like a shot off his line a few times, and he thought, oh, I'm sure there was a few times where you thought, oh, He'd probably made the wrong decision there, but it was blue for a foul or something. Um so I think he's definitely gonna be, I think, as we know, a different style keeper to Patricio. He's gonna come off his line and hopefully sort of claim it. But I think again, we've gotta we've got to give him time as well, because it's a it's a new league. Um, but I think both him and Trinca will probably you'll see you'll see the best of them, you know, after the first ten games and be able to give a Sort of proper opinion on them. I don't think it's fair to sort of start judging them this early in the season.
1: Do we have any fine and the final note then on this game? Do we have any uh, feedback on the first impressions of Bruno and any do we see any notable differences between him and Nuno's style? Because on the face of it, you think he kind of been a bit similar, you know, okay, first half, better second, but. Um, did we see any notable differences? I'm assuming we're going to agree that a draw probably would have been a fair result as well.
2: I mean, it's very rare where you come away with a defeat, but well, a defeat that's semi as frustrating as that was for the reasons we've already mentioned. But I can't wait for Sunday. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And from the, the dirge and nonsense that we've had to suffer for the last 18 <laughs> months under under him, it was so refreshing to actually attack. And go forward and not be scared to go over the halfway line.
0: Do you not think you're being a bit over like dramatic? Me? Yeah, I genuinely like, <laughs> no, 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 honestly... subtle differences, but I mean, let's be honest, we started with a back five still. Fair enough because we still haven't got the players to properly play a back four. But I don't know. I still think we were pushed up a little bit further, but I don't think we were pla- we played this pressing game that, you know, that we thought we might do, like, you know, hunting for the ball, sixes and sevens, you know, a bit like what Brentford did to Arsenal. Like, it weren't wasn't like that, was it? Let's be honest.
2: But Brentford have had three years of doing that, though, and we've had three months. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I, I was just, I'm, I'm kind of emphasising it for comic effect, but now I, I genuinely generally are, I'm really looking forward to Sunday because it's just such a change. And yeah, it's, we kind of talked about it last week, about how a back five, three, five, two, whatever, doesn't have to be a negative thing. You, it's, a, it's a system, but within that system, it can be positive. And I mean, we, to have 17 shots away at Leicester, yeah, only three were on target, whatever, but to have 17 shots, we probably didn't have 17 shots in a month last season. <laughs> it was just, it's a, a breath of fresh air that you can see getting better and better. And and for a first game, I was well impressed.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. So, talking then on Sunday, um, we'll discuss the that game and the return of him in a minute. Hi everyone, Matt from Walls Fancast here. If you're anything like me, time is of the essence
2: these days. How am I meant to take training with my wonder kids on the managerial football simulation game that I'm not allowed to mention for legal reasons if I'm too busy worrying about my online media presence? Well, that's where our friends at pixelyetimedia.com come in. They're not just web designers. They're a creative agency that cover all of your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com Media.com. They'll get you set up quicker than a Adama ore running at a
1: terrified left-back. Speaking of which, who's got my baby oil? Okay, uh, welcome back to Wolves Fancast. We are now going to discuss the game on Sunday coming up. Uh, it promises to be a bit of a dynamite occasion on Sunday. We're going to have a, a full house back at Molyneux again for the first time. In 18 months, everyone will probably be out out nice and early again for this one in the pubs around the town. Um, we've got Spurs. Do we know anything about the manager at all? Anyone want to um, take this one up? Where we've obviously got a bit of Nuno versus Bruno sentiment brewing online and has been for like the last 24, 48 hours. Where I've no, well, I think we probably all noticed some tweets. Uh, Some people wanting to go to the extremes of giving Nuno another royal welcome back on on the coaches at Molyneux to wanting to give him a standing ovation when he comes out to the dugouts and chant his name. Others saying, well, he's the enemy now. We need to be chanting for Bruno, not Nuno. Uh, Kim... Where do, you, where do you stand on this? Before we dive into the game itself, what, what's your views on this Nuno versus Bruno and the, and the people again going a bit off piste with, their, with their, their viewpoints online? And
0: I don't understand boring, but I can see I don't understand why people are making such a big thing on this, and you've almost got to like pick your side. <laughs> like I don't really. Obviously, I love Nuno. And, you know, it's going to be weird. He's got his new, like, look as well. I think that's the worst thing, isn't it? He looks a lot more tidier. You know, he's got his <laughs> new little jacket. And that's, like, really... Seeing that Sunday, I was like, oh. So never he can make never that for
3: us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like um, the homeless man on the ring road, didn't he? After the the <laughs>
0: Exactly. But six months' time, do you reckon he'll still look like that when he's at Tottenham? And I doubt he, I doubt he will he'll look like, he'll get that big coat back out, won't he? Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I'm Because I think it's fair to say we shouldn't be giving him, like, we shouldn't be waiting for the coach and all that palaver that happened against Man United, because that would just be embarrassing to do that again, wouldn't it? But I don't know. I think maybe, is is it better at the end of the game to, like, give him a clap rather than before, because, you know, we want to win the game. So we should be getting behind our own team, behind the new manager. It's a first game, first competitive game at home. It's not really, to be fair, it's not even ideal timing, is it? Because I think whatever's happens, I think there's going to be drama, isn't there? There's going to be, there's probably going to be fighting in the stands over it or something. <laughs> <known more>.
3: Probably. <laughs> don't need Nuno to come back for that. Yeah. No. For, for me it's um i've got to agree like the, again like twitter's just balmy. it's like you've got people who want like a songs of praise hymn sheet <laughs> on the seats and i'm like <laughs> thinking honest to god what the fuck is this and then you've got people who are like you've got to make it hostile and horrible and fuck nuno and all this sort of stuff, and it's like, well, when is Molyneux never not hostile? You know what I mean? Like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be hostile. Everyone's like making that like it needs to be like war torn. And we need to start throwing fans. <laughs> and it's like, I, I don't see what's wrong with if there's like a little, and I mean this, like a little ripple of applause, and then that's it. Like, you know, that what's wrong with that? Like, I'm sure I'll, I'm not the only one who hopes we beat him five 0 I want to see him crying and pulling his beard like angry Santa. I don't, I, I generally want him to be—I I want him to hate every minute of it. But you can't not respect the man for what he's done for the large part of his time at Wolves. I just don't get all this. Oh well, fuck him. Fuck you know. Sorry, there's going to be a lot of fucks in this. In this show, I'll, I'll
2: just put it on explicit. It's fine.
3: Am I am I wrong in that? Like, are you the same as me? That it's like, well, surely you can respect someone, and like, without and still make it hostile. Like, I don't get all this. He's dead. He's not dead. He's on the sideline. But at the same time, I'm not going to be shouting. Nuno had a dream, and like, like clapping Eddie Spurs goals. That bitch is stupid. But
1: well, no, surely he's surely he's moved on already. That he's, he's a professional man. He'll have moved on. And so should we.
3: It looks cool. like he's going out on a night out in Camden on Sunday. He's, he's definitely moved on. Looked like he was going to fucking again. I've said it again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like he was going to Bilston Market when he was at Buckmark last season. Like, <laughs> he's a different man.
0: So, yeah.
3: I'm sure, pot- sure
0: if they score, if they score, there's no way he, he probably won't. He probably will celebrate.
3: It'd annoy me so- if he didn't. It would annoy me if he didn't. He, he's he's... Us now. Oh it's yeah, what's... I'm not it's...
0: saying that he shouldn't. I'm just saying that. No, he no, but, if he
3: started, so... but I think again, if he's like, oh, but does this, I hate it when play, uh, you know, players put their hands up like I'm really sorry. Don't be sorry. You are employed by a club to do a job now. So yeah, I don't want to see him punching the air and giving it the whole thing, but I don't want him to be, you know. I don't want him it to is... be respectful to us either. If we're not gonna be respectful to him, why should he be respectful to us? Kim said it.
1: the same. Kim said it right. It's the, wor- the worst possible thing was for us to have him back, then on your first game of the season. If it had been like November time, we might have, you know, and you might be in a bit of a, in a bad run or something. We could all have accepted a bit more. You know, the feeling would have gone by then. But to get him first game, and people's probably feeling still a bit raw. They never got to say goodbye to him at the Man United game, etc., etc. But. Stu, what are you going to do? Are you going to give him a, a rose in reception when he's when he takes the stand, or are you going to be throwing your season ticket at him?
2: Well, if you throw your season ticket, you're going to have a long <laughs> wait to get a card, aren't you? At, the, at this rate, <laughs> um, that's that's another nonsense story. But for a bit of context, when I got on the um, on the Adderton on Saturday, there were genuinely people. There was five of them came up to me and said, "You got your wish, then, didn't you?" Well, you we went back. So you, it was you and your type got rid of him. You got him at the club. I, went, I know, and I'm glad. I <laughs> <laughs> said so if he was, if he'd still still been here, I wouldn't have renewed because I couldn't have took it anymore. It, it was bored. I was bored to the core. But yeah, like Jordan said, you can't hate him. That's silly. That's nonsense. Obviously, he did amazing things for us. It just, it was the end of the road, as boys and men have said many times. <laughs> A nice ripple of applause because I think it going kind to of plays into our hands because is it this COVID nonsense? Is it still one team first and not two teams together that are coming out the Maybe tunnels? It's
3: though, yeah. Especially in so, yeah. it's tight, isn't it the tunnel?
2: Yeah. Well. um, So I think that's going to play into our hands because either way, he's going to get a separate applause than Bruno is. Ideally, he comes out first because is it away way teams come out first? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he'll get his applause then. And then a bigger roar for when Bruno comes out. I think he works perfectly for us. And then once we've thrashed him or whatever, he'll get a, a nice send, a nice round of applause from the South Bank. You'd imagine, as he's walking off the, the, the pitch, that's all it has to be. Because that's what it was with, with, when McCarthy came back. That's what it was when Dave... Well, did Dave Jones ever come back with Cardiff? He
3: must have done. I think he must have, yeah. Yeah, he must have done. Yeah so, it's,
2: yeah, so it's... The ones who've achieved things... You recognise it, but don't go over the top. Don't be silly. But that, again, that's a, that's a respect. That's all that needs to happen. Everything else, everyone's moved on now. He's got he, he's got his new life. He looks better. Fine. He'll balloon by winter. We all know this, <laughs> as we all will. Um, but yeah, anything more than that, you need to you need to have your hard drive checked. Let's just put it in there.
3: Yeah, but there's like people on Twitter who are like, "Lord and save." It's like the Pope. Coming like for the catholics that's how they're treating it like oh we're gonna get the, the red car out for him then you got the other half it was like the like the one who assassinated him it appeared. <laughs> like, it's like hang on a minute like can't you just respect what someone's done and still want to beat them like i don't understand this i don't get it to be quite honest i think, I don't know it's I think they've all got they've media.
0: all got a screw loose haven't they They've, they've, <laughs> all of them have got a screw loose. Whether they're Nuno lovers or Nuno haters, I genuinely think they've all got a screw loose, personally. A, the, so are we, the, are we the
3: weirdos who are like sort of balanced then. Do we need, do we need to pick a side?
1: Yeah, it's a like civil war, eh? <laughs> e- either way, if you're a Nuno lover or hater, someone's going to be there with like a bedsheet or a sign on saying,
2: <laughs> Thank you for all you've done for us. Yeah. Kiss.
1: Thank you, Nuno. But oh, yeah. guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, it's it is baffling. It's like like as we have said, it's everyone's picking sides, and I there's going to be definitely be some arguments, isn't there, in the stands when someone's someone's booing, probably like I say, going over the top for comic effect. Someone will be booing away. and the next
3: person definitely going to have a go, aren't they? Definitely going to have a go. It's
1: probably in the South Bank, yeah.
3: <laughs> if, anywhere, <laughs> if anywhere else. pie <laughs> in the face, aren't they? At some point, someone's going to have food or a bottle. <laughs> Just couldn't see it happening, Marlowe. It's all going to kick off. That's Wolves to a team. How, how do we think the game itself is going to
1: go then? So, because he had he had a good result against um, Man City. Um, probably, I would say somewhat an unrespe- un- unexpected win against Man City. But then again, you know, you know, he did, he did have quite a good record over the bull fraud in um, in his time at Wolves. So, how do we how do we see it going? I'm going to we're going to assume at this point in time it will be another Kane-less Spurs until that situation gets resolved. But, Steve, I'll come to you first. How do you see it going, and what do you think the score will be? Well,
2: I thought I'll, my preview for the for the Leicester game I said three three, and I got that wrong, but it was as, it was as entertaining as a three three could have been. I'm gonna see it. i gonna it again. I mean, he just played. He played the new no playbook there against Man City, two a t, exactly. It's him on the break. Be compact. Be organised. Do your jobs. You know exactly what he's gonna do. Solutions. Yeah, <laughs> You got solutions without Kane. Almost like he's using sweetener. <laughs> I expect him to do that, even though it's little old Wolves now and the mighty Spurs are coming to town. I can't see them playing like they did under Mourinho against us when we should have beat them. I think we've got more about us now from an attacking point of view. It's going to be the story of the season. Eh? If we can get at them, then our fancy us to score a few. If they hit us on the break, we fucked. Especially if if that same back three is there, other than King Kilburn, of course. But neck on the line, I I fancy us for a two one win at this point in the this in time on, on Monday Monday night. with you expect no new signings. Maybe Samado he's played in the, uh, the under-23s tonight. So, if he comes back in, I fancy us. And I wouldn't I wouldn't have said that two weeks ago. Absolutely no chance. George, how do you see it
3: going? I fancy us big time, I do. After watching us and watching them, and I know that's ridiculous because they just beat Man City. Nuno isn't going to change his style that he had with Walt, like, He's going to try and stink the place out away from home, play for a point. He's going to try and play for nil-nil nil at halftime and try and nick something in the second half and play on moments. Exactly like they did against Man City, a bit of some brilliance where, in reality, Diaz probably should have blocked the ball anyway. That that's what they're going to do again, and I think we can get at them. And I think that, you know, Man City played like walking football that time. I don't know what they were doing really. Um, at the end of the day, they've got. Jaffick Tanganga, Davison Sanchez, and Eric Dor at the back. We should be able to get at that and cause problems. And I don't think Man City did it anywhere near enough to hurt them. And yeah, i with Stu. I think we'll beat them two, three,
0: one.
1: Positivity is brimming here. Kim, are you going to take us over the line? Positivity hat trick? Or are you going no, hit... to bring
0: us down back? <laughs> You're going to hit us with some impending doom. Sorry. <laughs> No, I, I genuinely think it'll be I've done a lot of sitting on the fence on this podcast. And this is not like me, but I genuinely think it's gonna be sort of a mate, I think a high scoring draw. I'm gonna go a two two. Um I can see Son getting in behind um yeah behind Cody probably. <laughs> um, you know, he's gonna be playing up top again, isn't he? I would imagine Kane won't start. Um would Doherty start? Potentially. Because I think they were saying that they played Tamtanga just because of the lack of sort of pace from Doherty. And I think that, you know, Nuno obviously did at times prefer Doherty when he when he played for us when we were sort of on the attack. So, yeah, 2-2, I'm going. I'm being optimistic, but I'm not getting carried away.
2: <laughs> doc against Traore. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: We'll see. After you just lighted in the whole podcast,
2: yeah, well, that's what he can do. There, he can go. He can run at people and beat them. He can't do anything after that. If he passed it off once he'd done that, then that's fine. No problem
3: there. We will just raise a point though. There, with Docte, Docte was with us for like ten seasons. So does he get allowed a loud ripple of applause? Or
2: he was not? hated when he was here <laughs> for no reason at all.
3: <laughs> well, it's something to ask a, uh, you know, Wolf if they wanted to, like, if they want to assassinate Nuno, what do they want to do with Doctor? It's not like Mr. Burns and Wayland Smithers coming back. <laughs> Ask Kev, what do you think, Kev, what he thinks? He's the barometer.
1: <laughs> so, well, I mean, we all seem to be roundly pretty positive there. No one's tipping us for a loss, uh, which is a good thing. And so hopefully Bruno gets the better of Nuno on Sunday. Um, so we're going to call it there. Ladies and gentlemen, um, again, we're delighted to be part of the 90-minute network here at the Wolves Fancast. You can follow us on the socials at Wolves Fancast. I'll be all the socials on Twitter, Facebook, Insta, YouTube. Get on there, get liking and get subscribing, please. So all that remains to say is take care and we'll be back after the game on Sunday against Spurs. See you all later.
3: <laughs> it would be a Walsh but eh? <laughs> i